Hello, I'm John Deeks and welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast. For over 22 years, Your Life Choices has been providing Australians with essential news, articles and retirement resources from some of Australia's leading journalists. And with over 270,000 members and growing, Your Life Choices is Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. And today I'm very pleased to welcome a friend of ours, Ian Henschke. Ian has worked in film, television, radio and print and just about everything else for 37 years plus. He served on the board of the ABC, presented regular radio programs and has won prestigious media awards, including UN Media Peace Prizes in 2007 and 2009 and is Chief Advocate for National Seniors Australia. What a wind-up. Ian, welcome. Oh, hello, John. How are you going? Yeah. Great to be able to speak to you again, my friend. And before we get any further, congratulations to the Senior of the Year, Valme Dempsey. That's right, yes. That's wonderful. ACT Senior of the uh, Year and then went on to win the, uh, the National Prize, uh, a person doing uh, amazing amount of work involved in volunteering. I think she's been with the St John's Ambulance since she was a teenager. So yeah. it shows you that senior Australians uh, do remarkable amount of work. It's incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah. Congratulations to you, uh, Vamay Dempsey, and uh, continued uh, good luck and good work for over 50 years. Yes, as you say, she's been with St John Ambulance. Now, talking of work, uh, a statistic, sir. The percentage of over 65s still working in 1991 officially was 5%. In 2021, 15%. Yeah, just under 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and predicted in 2031, around 20%. Uh, that's great, but is the government keeping up looking after seniors who do want to work? Well, this is a big issue, and it's our number one priority in the upcoming uh, budget submission and also in our election document that we've just prepared. Because what we're looking at is a really interesting statistic, because what we know is that if you look across, at, for example, New Zealand, the figure of the number of over 65s working is, uh, as a proportion, far, far higher. Uh, about almost 25% of New Zealanders over the age of 65 are still working. And in Australia, as you said, it's around 15%. I think it's just a fraction under. So why is there this big difference? Well, one of the reasons that we believe it is uh, that way is because when you work more than one day in Australia, and that's the equivalent of, say, $240 in a day, once, you, once you've earned that, you start to lose money from your pension. Now, this is a, a problematic because if you work the second day, for example, uh, and you earned another $240, well, 50 cents in the dollar goes from your pension, and you also get into a tax bracket of about 19 cents in the dollar. So you can see that what happens to people is they say, look, I've got to do all this paperwork start losing money from my pension. I start losing money because the pension is taxable income and it's added on to your other income. And then it becomes very complex. And so people either only work a little bit or don't work at all. It's a bit like the old days when they say, well, what's the point of doing overtime? The government get all my money. Yeah, well, it's a bit like that, exactly. And so what we are asking the federal government to do is to actually have a look at it. And we're not the only ones asking, by the way, because the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry has come out and talked about this as well. And so what we're saying in our budget document is that we'd like to see employment income exempt from the age pension means test, and that would help boost workforce participation 
And it would also help meet some of the nation's labour shortages because there, there are big shortages at the moment. And, and I think it's something that we really do need to think about very carefully because if you look at countries around the world, New Zealand, they've got a higher participation rate. Japan has, the United States, uh, Sweden, uh, Korea, uh, a number of other countries. And we know that when people work, they're connected to the community mm. and they uh, feel better, um, not just financially, but generally they feel better Self-esteem. in their both health and well-being, et cetera. And it's interesting that the people that are not on the pension are working at a much higher rate. You, you don't have to look very far to see examples of them. Ida Buttrose is the, the chairperson of the ABC. Uh, she's uh, 80, I think, this year. You've got Kerry Stokes, who heads up another media enterprise. Uh, he uh, He's, I think, you know, probably getting close to, to 80. You, know, you see... You, so whether you're a man or a woman, you can still be very active in, for example, the media there. But then you've got other people that are working in their own businesses and they might be a real estate agent, they could be someone running a, a restaurant or a, or their own business, accounting firms and things. I mean, a few years ago when I was working for the ABC, I went down to Mount Gambier and I interviewed a man there who was... He was 90 and he was still running an accounting firm. And we've just seen uh, mentions of doctors coming back into practices when they had retired because of a shortage and there is a labour shortage. Well, that's right. And one of the stories that has come out just in the last month or so was from a lady called Gay and she was talking about her situation and she's a nurse on the Gold Coast and she was asked to go and work during the COVID crisis at the height of that. She did a six-week contract there. She's 68 years of age, went back and did some work at the hospital for a six-week contract. At the end of that contract, she's contacted by Centrelink and told, well, you've exceeded your work bonus. That's terrible. And so now we're going to take $20 off your pension for the next year to make up for the extra amount of money that you earn. That's earned. just not right. And and see, this is the, the problem. It's, it's the question of how we view what people are doing. Now, from a purely logical point of view, John, we know that only 75,000 pensioners in Australia are actually doing uh, paid work according to the ABS. Now, we've got a couple of million, 2.6 million pensioners. Now, if you've only got 74,000 of them, in other words, 97% of pensioners are not working, uh, it, it means that we've got the threshold or the uh, controls set in the wrong spot. We've got the brakes on. You know, we've got the brakes on anyone doing some work. Mm-hmm. What we should be doing is saying, look, look, take your foot off the brake let the car move, let the let the vehicle go, you know, let, let it actually move along the road. And you'll find that people will work if, A, they're encouraged, not discouraged. They get to keep, you know, some of the money. They'll still pay tax, of course. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the very fascinating thing, and I want the people in Treasury to listen to this. Let's just go and talk about Gay again, the nurse. She gets $25,000 as a pensioner. Uh, that's roughly what you get. And then if she works for a full year as a nurse and she does weekend shifts and helps out at the local hospital and does all that and she works full time, she gets $75,000. You add the two sums together, she's got $100,000. She'll pay $25,000 in tax. So she'll effectively pay back her pension. Now, if she if she's discouraged from working and she says, right, that was a really bad experience because I didn't mind doing that six weeks, but I didn't like the fact that they took that money from me and I had to pay the $20 a week back over the year. I don't think I'll do that again. The government pays her the full pension. So what does, uh, what does Josh Feidenberg say to that? 
Well, he says we've raised the pension work bonus from 6500 to 7800 a couple of years ago, so we've given them an incentive to do that. We've got some senior Australian pension attacks. No, they haven't. We've given them, you know, and, and, and so he's, he's, he's saying, look, you know, we've been generous, but the problem is I believe it's ideology. See, if yeah, you, if you yeah. see the world through an ideological prism, you don't see the world in a common sense way. And what happens is that people say the pension is welfare. And if you are receiving welfare and you are working, you have to pay back that welfare. Okay. If you are, if you're taking that position, you're going to make sure that people do not work because they'll feel penalized. So what you have to recognize is that human beings respond to stimuli. A negative stimuli produces a negative result. A positive stimuli produces a positive result. You know, this is the business between reward and punishment. Mm. If you punish someone for working or penalize them for working, they won't work. If you reward them for working, they will work. Now, in New Zealand, and I'll go back to that case, they have what they call a universal pension. Everybody gets a pension, but you pay tax, not just on the pension, you pay tax on all your earnings. So they've got a slightly different tax and transfer system. But what they've got there is 25% of the over 65s working. 25%? Yeah, 25%. One in four over 65s works in New Zealand. So we are a long way behind. So there's got to be a reason for it. And I believe that reason is the settings of the pension system at the moment. Now, if you talk to people, uh, you'll find that a lot of pensioners think, oh, well, it's not worth working at all. Uh, and then the other thing that's very odd about a system is we have two systems that we uh, calculate for the pension. One's called the income test and one's called the assets test. And some people fall under the income test and some people fall under the assets test and it changes all the way through. You almost need a, a degree uh, you know, in, in uh, accounts and yeah. economics to understand how we set up the pension system. But a couple, for example, who come under the assets test, well, apparently they can earn about $50,000 a year before it affects their pension. But if you come under the income test, in other words, you've got no assets, you're just purely under the income test, you're, you're one of the poorer pensioners, and you go out and work, you can only earn the 7800 of the work bonus uh, plus a couple of other concessions. So you, you can only basically work one day a week. So you've got a system which is geared towards the people that have already got the assets and the people that haven't got the income. Of course, the other thing is if you allowed people to work more, some people wouldn't stop working. You know, they would just say, all right, in my 60s, I'll work, say, uh, you know, four days a week. In my 70s, I'll work three days a week. And you might have someone working in their 80s two days a week. I mean, as we've just discussed, there are people in their 80s working. (laughs) That's why I said, you know, Kerry Stokes and uh, Ida Buttrose. And as you said, Ian, not only just the financial benefit, but uh, the integration into the community, the the sense of purpose, uh, well-being, uh, it's just uh, so important. It is. And so so National Seniors, uh, we've got a campaign page up there on our website. Great. Seniors.com.au. You look down for our campaigns. Uh, and then you'll actually see a fairer retirement system. We want to fix pension poverty. We want uh, a better a whole range of things we're pushing for in the upcoming budget. Of course, uh, an increase in the Commonwealth rent allowance because a lot of people forget that one in four pensioners uh, is renting. And so they're finding things very difficult at the moment. And they're the ones that would probably like to go out and do some extra work and probably are doing some work at the moment. And probably they're probably part of that 75000 that are working because they they have to because if you're uh, paying 
a couple of hundred dollars a week. Sometimes it's $300 a week for a single person to rent these days. So, you know, imagine paying 15000 a year in rent when you're getting a $25,000 pension. As it is an election year, have you been able to get more interest from the, from the government and also from the opposition? Well, we've written to the government and the opposition. We're sending the budget submission in and uh, we've had effectively uh, quite a bit of radio silence coming back. (laughs) So uh, I'm not sure whether it's because uh, they don't want to announce their policies or whatever, but there has not been a a discussion about this. I mean, we've been sending information in, but uh, we are broadcasting but not receiving much back. We've got meetings that we've... um, got lined up between now and obviously the election with some of the opposition members and we've been talking to them about some of these issues. I really want to, uh, to, to explain to people, there are many, many thousands of older Australians over the age of pension age who would be very good at working in home care and aged care. And many of them already do work in those areas or they're in their 60s working there. Now, why should they finish their retirement uh, at 66 and a half, which is the present pension age, and then leave those jobs because uh, they should be encouraged to stay there. So we've also got policy in the upcoming budget submission requesting that we have mature age training programs to uh, give people the skills that are required to work in home care and aged care, particularly home care, because there are nearly a million Australians who receive some form of home care and we need more workers in there. And there are already people working in home care and I know this from a home care provider who says, look, I've got wonderful people who are working. If we could only get them that, that ability to work a few more days a week, they would do it. At the moment, they're working one or two days a week because they say, well, I'm going to start losing the pension. And if you keep working, you'll eventually lose your pension completely. The only concession that's been made is that uh, – there was an announcement made recently saying that if you do work so much that you actually over uh, over exceed the limits to the point where you lose your pension, you can still keep the concession card for the next two years uh, You know, while we're in this crisis. But those sort of things are not enough to bring about behavioural change in people. The bottom line is stop discouraging people over 60 from working. That's right. And look, we should be encouraging people to work longer because I think that it is a good thing to do. I mean, when people work, they have a sense of purpose. And Absolutely. if you have a sense of purpose, you're less likely to have mental health issues and a whole range of other things. So from a community point of view, it's a win for the community. And it's also a win for the economy. Uh, and and it's a win for the individual. Let me just tell everybody to please go to nationalseniors.com.au, Ian, correct? That's right. And look, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter. It's completely free called Connect. Um, you can follow the things as they go up to the, to the election. And also, when a politician is in your local area and if you're affected by this, write so that they start hearing some noise coming back. Done we, try to be the vo- we try to be the voice of older Australians, but individual letters are still powerful. So I think it's important. You know, if you, if you feel strongly about this, write to Josh Frydenberg, Care of Parliament House of Canberra. ACT, the letter will get to him, and say, you know, we'd like you to fix this. Um, I'm, I'm talking to the Minister for Social Services, Anne Ruston. I've written to her. Uh, I've written to her advisor. And, and I'm saying to them, 
look at this, please fix this, because this is something that I think will not just be good for the moment we're in now, but it will set us in a better place for future generations, because as people are living longer and healthier, they'll be able to live better, because there'll be more of them will be involved in the community and working. And interestingly enough, uh, in Korea, more than 33% of over 65s are working. In Japan, the figures in the in the mid 20s, the same as New Zealand. So, you know, if other countries are doing it, why can't we? We like to be the best at sport. Wouldn't we be great if we were the best country in the world for engaging older Australians in the workforce? We're old. We want to work. <laughs> Ian, thank you so much for giving up your time, my friend. And we do encourage people to subscribe to the free e-newsletter on nationalseniors.com.au. Yeah, and look, if they want to become a member, we need all the members we can get. Oh, and great. If you, and, if you, and if you join up and become a member, you get four wonderful magazines a year, which virtually covers the cost of membership. You get a lot of discounts. You get a whole lot of other things. But most importantly, you get a voice so that at times like these, when we're pushing for change, we can get them. And look, one quick thing. We had a big win with one of our campaigns recently, which is to lower and open up the pension loan scheme. So that's something else that's on our website. We could talk about that another time. Love to. Ian, thank you so much for giving up your time. And you do so much work as Chief Advocate for National Seniors Australia and so much more. And keep up the good fight. And you know that your life choices are there with you all the way fighting in the trenches. Thanks a lot, John. All the best. And thank you to Ian Henschke for joining us. And remember, head also to yourlifechoices.com.au for links to past podcasts. And if you know anyone who you believe could benefit from Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s, then please spread the word there too. Membership, as always, is free. I'm John Deeks. And on behalf of the Your Life Choices team, be well and happy. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>